controls good. Oh Ryan, can you hear me? Okay, seems so. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that would rather have a milkshake at Pops than the Kool-Aid on the farm. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. What up? Um, so, first off, Peter has finally seen Endgame. Yeah. And we're going to probably talk very heavily about that. So I like how it's finally, but it's only like a week and a half. I know. <laughs> I know. But last week we couldn't talk, so I had to come on post-credits. and Yeah. Um, in true Marvel your, fashion and talk some initial thoughts. I was going to um, say in true Kevin Smith fashion, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, so we're going to talk real heavy Endgame. So look, Endgame has made $2.2 billion at this point. If you haven't seen it, well, you obviously don't care. But if you actually haven't seen it and do care, this is a very spoiler-heavy episode. So um, I bring that up just because when we get there, I will give a spoiler warning. Um, so let's kind of put Endgame near the end, because that kind of leads into our um, watching our uh, list tonight anyway. Yeah, okay. okay. Fair um, also, if this is your first time listening to us, usually we cover some news, and then we do a top five list in the back half of the show. Um, the top five list we discussed last week, we, tonight we were going to do top five dragons from pop culture. Um, we were both ready to do pop, top five dragons, but because of Endgame, and we have a lot to talk about, we thought it'd be kind of cool to push dragons to next week and discuss yeah. Endgame tonight and do a top five Endgame moments. So Dragons aren't going anywhere. Dragons are not going anywhere. <laughs> We're just pushing it to next week, so you'll still get it. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's go into news. Sound good? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, why don't you hit me with the thing you told me about right when we walked in the door? Okay, I don't so, know what that is. <laughs> uh, last week we talked about the new Sonic trailer, and I think uh, you were pretty excited for it. I was excited but apprehensive. Um, but the internet kind of lost its shit, for lack of a better term, <laughs> over this trailer. That they did. Um, the internet, there's just so many fanboys complaining about this is not my Sonic, Sonic looks weird, Robotnik looks weird, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. The funny thing at Turn of Events is that the director of Sonic, because of the backlash, has said, like, he's like, okay, we have heard your reaction, and we are promising to redesign Sonic <laughs> by the time the movie comes out, which to me sounds absolutely insane. It sounds like a lot of last-minute CGI work. I don't know how this is going to The amount of money out, that has to cost, that, this sounds like Superman's mustache all over again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like... Maybe at the core, the design will be better when the movie comes out, but the, the CG isn't going to look as polished for sure, you it, know? Absolutely. So. And the big thing I heard about in terms of Sonic's design was the teeth. Yes. And um, I think that is a big which, issue. But to be honest, I don't see a. I, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, eh, I don't know if it really matters to me if the teeth are there or not. It's just. Whatever. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that he's a rodent and he has, like, human-looking teeth is what weirded people out. Usually, Sonic is pictured with just, like, the cartoon, like, white line-style teeth, which maybe is what they should have done. I don't know. I'm I, not really sure how to feel on this one. Yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know. It's a CG version. 
CG version, CG three-dimensional version of a 2D cartoon character. Yeah. So, I mean, well, the adaptation uh, from page to screen, guys. Come on. I actually saw the director of uh, Detective Pikachu actually commented on this story, too, where he said, there's no right and wrong way to do this. Like, it's all subjective. And he said... He knows with his movie, they've been planning these Pokemon designs for years and stuff, and there's no way they could have changed it. So he's like, I mean, go ahead and change it, but I wouldn't want to be in that spot. So um, <laughs> Absolutely. And in general, I think the message of this is, like, it's cool that people on the internet can change something this big, but it's also, like, if you're making a movie, you know why you made the choices you did, and I think you just need to stand behind those choices and be like, here is it, here it is, here's what we made. You know, and just leave right. it at that, you know, so. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's talk about, uh, all right, how about this? Suicide Squad. Did you hear about the character? No. Add-ins. Okay. No, yeah, no, no idea about this. Okay, so. so we've talked a little bit, we talked in a previous episode of what do we know about Suicide Squad, and because it's just a weird thing, I figure I'll just, as news hits, we'll just throw things out. Yeah. So, um... Rumor has it that James Gunn is going to be adding the character Ratcatcher. Okay. Okay. I don't know much about Ratcatcher, but <laughs> look, if anyone's going to make a movie as weird as Suicide Squad, James Gunn's going to be the guy to do it. So he's going to dig real deep into DC's mythos and pull yeah. out some bizarre characters. I don't know much about Ratcatcher. Um, I was planning on looking him up before the show, but I didn't get a chance to, so maybe I'll do that for next week. But the um, if I have time. Uh, but the. I, in my head is like, all right, Ratcatcher, cool. I did look up a picture of him. He yeah. looks cool. Okay, nice. But it's a rumor that he's going to be in the movie. It's not an official confirmation. He's not the guy from that Steve Carell movie? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's Foxcatcher. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, uh, Dave, uh, actor Dave DeSmolchin got cast as Polka Dot Man. Okay, interesting. In a million years, would you ever think we would see Polka Dot Man on the screen? I don't think I ever knew anything about Polka Dot Man, so... The only time I've ever seen Pokemon... Po- Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Polka Dot Man outside the pages of the comic book are uh, Lego Batman. Oh, okay. He was in Lego Batman. I don't know if he had a voice. I think they just showed him very briefly. It was a blink yeah. and you miss him. What does Pokemon Polka Dot? Now I'm saying it too. What does Polka Dot Man do? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Fair I, I here's the thing. I saw the news and went. That's worth talking about. Suicide Squad. I just don't know much about these. Does two he characters. leave like maybe he leaves like big black polka dots everywhere? So you kind of ignore. Well, him, his costume. Like a, if you look oh, it up, if you look it up, his costume is like <laughs> he's got a, like a white jumpsuit with. Different colored polka dots on them. Yeah, I don't know what his superpowers are or anything. It's just made me like, wow, this is a again, like I said, deep cuts from the DC <laughs> mythos. Um, so yeah, that's all it is on Suicide Squad. I just wanted to bring it up because we had some actual like, hey, yeah. Dave Desmolchin being cast as the character is a legit, uh, like that's a legit fact. So right. um, the idea of however Ratcatcher, I don't know much about Ratcatcher. However, looks way cooler than Polka Dot Man. Yeah. But if you think back to the other Suicide Squad, you knew they couldn't all make it through. So maybe Polka Dot Man dies pretty fast. Oh, that's true, yeah. But they did pick a decently they did pick a decent actor to play yeah. him. So I'm I like to think like uh, James Gunn has like the uh, encyclopedia of DC Comics open and he's like, What's the most obscure characters <laughs> I can throw on this? And it also makes me question like, is WB like not holding him back from doing whatever he wants on this film? Because I'm game for that. I'm just curious, you know. Right. Um, I 
I wonder the same thing. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, let's talk about uh, today, right before we hit the record button. Um, uh, the Watchmen trailer aired. Um, yeah. So uh, this is the Watchmen trailer for the television show that's going to be on HBO. Uh, Watchmen is a comic book that a lot of people in the industry kind of hold on a pedestal as the Bible of comic books. Like, this is what a comic book is and should be, and this is like, you should, this is how a comic book should be written. Uh, it was written by Alan Moore. It's a phenomenal read. If you get a chance to pick it up, it's amazing. Uh, Zack Snyder did an adaptation as a film. Also, really good adaptation. Like, really good adaptation. They did a little bit of an alternate they did a change to the ending, which, for the sake of page to screen, I agree and think it was a decent change, but solid, yeah. solid representation of the book. Um, this looks like they're picking up the show in real time from where the movie left off, or the book yeah. left off, I guess you could say. But what do you what do you think of the trailer? So yeah, the trailer opens and uh, you see a couple people wearing like Rorschach masks and they start doing like almost almost like this oath or chant where they're saying like we will not be forgotten or you know whatever and the camera slowly pans back and you see more people in Rorschach's ma Rorschach masks and I just think of the end of the Watchmen story when Rorschach's journal is found and I'm like okay awesome. His journal's been found, and there's, like, a cult around, I'm, like, the beliefs of Rorschach. I'm really glad you said that, because I completely forgot about that. Oh, really? Like, yeah. when I saw that when I saw that image in the trailer, I was like, oh, this is going in a different direction than I thought. And then you say that now, yeah. and I'm, like, now really, like, oh, that makes sense, yeah, and that's that, way cool. <laughs> that's why, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is great, because it's like, oh, it's the army of Rorschach followers, and this is now. Awesome. Now I'm yeah. way more excited, yeah. because that trailer, to me was very, here's a whole bunch of really cool imagery with no story, mm -hmm. so you don't honestly, like, wow, this looks cool, I don't know what's going yeah. on. So I kind of got a vibe, and I don't know if it's going to be the Rorschach people or somebody else, I kind of have a vibe that there's some, and they say it a, a number of times, like, things that allude to the apocalypse coming, and uh, I feel <laughs> like there's some kind of, like, a doomsday plot going on well, in the show. Well, the doomsday clock plays heavily in the book, plays heavily in the movie. Right. Plays heavily in DC's Rebirth, where Watchmen are going to be a part of the DC... Un are now getting engulfed into the actual DC universe. Um, the Doomsday Clock... The book DC, uh, Doomsday Clock, written by Jeff Johns, isn't done yet. Right. I'm still waiting for that to finish, like, the issues to finish coming out so I can finally read yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, I meant like a doomsday, just like a doomsday plot as more of a generic term of just like a group of people planning some kind of apocalyptic event. Um, throughout the whole trailer, there's this uh, repetitive chanting of like, tick tock, tick tock. And uh, even this guy says it at the end of the trailer. He says yeah. tick tock to like, Yeah, no, just preparing for the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Tick tock, and, tick tock. And it's like, like, I feel know. like that's just the little wink to like the other guy, like uh, kind of like a fight, fight club thing, like... I'm not saying I'm in Project Mayhem, but I am. I don't know right. if you know what that is, but yeah, we're right. doing this. Yeah, no, the trailer looked great. I'm just, it made me real excited because we've got tiny glimpses, like leading up to Game of Thrones coming out, very, very tiny glimpses of seeing 
like you saw like there was a glimpse of the Rorschach mask and there was a mm-hmm. glimpse of a guy with a yellow mask on and you're like I don't know who that is but I was like oh that's Watchmen that's Watchmen like yeah it's imagery even some of the shots like there's one shot of a of a funeral going on in a cemetery and the shot looks just like a shot from the movie which actually looks just like a shot from the comic like literally it's right. this like overhead view with a cam with a uh, statue right in the foreground and I mean it's awesome just seeing right. how um, much they're connecting it to the I, original I, I source w- material. I wish I had time to reread the book before the show starts, <laughs> which I probably won't. Yeah. But to make my life easy, I'll probably rewatch the movie. Like I've read Watchmen yeah. like a couple times, but I'll probably watch the movie again just for the sake of time. But Watchmen is a dense read, so I don't fault you for not rereading <laughs> it. Like, there's a lot of words in there. Yeah, I've read it. I've read it through twice. Um, so, right on. Yeah, I'll probably just watch the movie again. <laughs> watch the director's cut, and there you go. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we got to move on because we're gonna get. We have to get to Endgame, but there's there was big announcements mm-hmm. this week. Um, the quarterly shareholders meeting at Disney happened. Okay, I saw a lot of announcements were made. I didn't know if it was like D23 already. Or no, what D20, was going on, D23 but... I think is in June. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I could be <laughs> wrong. Um, but big announcements that I didn't think we were going to get for a while. Um, so quarterly shareholders meetings, uh, Bob Iger had to sit down and uh, list out some things. So Star Wars and Marvel in general, there were no direct quotes. Um, so let's start with Star Wars because I didn't think we were going to hear anything for a while. Because mm-hmm. remember the last time they had a shareholders conference or meeting or whatever, uh, Bob Iger had to say we're going to after Sky after Rise of Skywalker comes out, we're going to take a bit to ev- reevaluate basically. Yeah. So um, so what we have is uh, the Star Wars movies are getting pushed. So let me see if I can word this right in my <laughs> head. So Star Wars uh, 2019, The Rise of Skywalker comes out. The next three Star Wars films come out December 2022, December 2024, December 2026. Okay. Okay. My guess, there is no announcement of what that is. My guess is it's a trilogy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're coming out. Every two years, which is awesome. So we actually get a little bit of time to sit and process and evaluate. Yeah. So we're getting more Star Wars. We're getting a little break between each one, which is great, which as Star Wars fans, I think we all want. Star Wars is not a TV show the way Marvel has become a TV show. And I've said that in the past. If you want to watch the next episode, you got to go to the theater and see the next episode. That's how Marvel works. So when Marvel, you know, Endgame just came out, we know we got Spider-Man Far From Home. What's next on Marvel's plate? Marvel fans move from the next to the next to the next faster, I think, than Star Wars fans do. Because I think Star Wars fans want to go, I need to see that movie seven more times to process everything I saw. And then I can move on to the other one. You know. Um, So we're getting, so from 2019 to 2022, we're getting a little bit of a break from Star Wars. But what I like about this is they're all December dates. Yeah. And December owns Christmas. It's every time Star Wars releases on Christmas... It just makes it really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, ever since Force Awakens, it just... Christmas, I want to associate with Star I, Wars. I, abso- you know? Absolutely. I want my Star Wars at Christmas. So, um, Star Wars, December 22, 24, and 26. Awesome. That's when the reboot trilogy is coming out. Yeah, yeah. well, when I say <laughs> it's a kidding. trilogy, we know that Ryan Johnson, uh, writer and director of Last Jedi, is working on a trilogy. We also know that Benioff and Weiss from... 
Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones are working on a trilogy. So is this the Benahoff and Weiss trilogy, or is this the Ryan Johnson trilogy? That is yet to it's, be announced. Okay, it's funny that you say that, because a co-worker of mine today said, oh, did you hear they announced the... <laughs> he said... They announced the trilogy being written by the Double Ds and directed by Ryan Johnson. And I was like, I don't know if they're working on the same one. He's like, oh, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, I don't think they're working on the same one. Because when Ryan Johnson announced this trilogy a long time ago, it was a, I'm working on something brand new in Star Wars. Yeah. And then it was months later that the Double Ds were Mm -hmm. included in. Like, not included in, but... Said they yeah. made the announcement that they're working on something else. And I'm excited because I think Ryan Johnson is a good director, and I'm excited to see what he can do with Star Wars when he's not messing with people's childhoods, like, in quotations, you know, when he has yeah. his own characters who that he can do whatever he wants with. Like, I want to see him go crazy. And sure, and really it's, cool. not, it's not that he did whatever he wanted with these characters, but it does feel like... I, I was speaking very facetiously no, in the voice I know. of a million internet critics. But. I know. There's so many people that have issues with Last Jedi, but I think... But that comes down to what I've said before. It's the second act of a three-part story. And I don't think you can fairly judge Last Jedi until we see what The Rise of Skywalker is. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, they really they have you have to set the stage for the big conclusion anyway. I mean, a lot of people, if you go back to the original reviews, there are a lot of people that didn't like Empire Strikes Back originally. And that was the second act. And now it's like on paper, it's everyone's favorite yeah. film. So I feel like it's a topic for another episode, but it could be an interesting topic to delve into the idea that you can't let loose hang loose threads hang in the current like cinema situation. Well, I don't think the way people are these days, I yeah. don't think you let loose head threads hang anywhere. <laughs> Right. Television, cinema, yeah, comic yeah. books—it doesn't matter. If there's a loose thread, someone's gonna yell at you for it. <laughs> did you see? Did you see all the memes about Ghost on Game of Thrones? I know you're behind on the show, but no, did you I've see been the memes? purposely avoiding Game of Thrones memes. Like there's the a me- there's a meme that I'm. This isn't the spoiler because yeah. I'm not gonna tell you what happened in the scene. But the internet is going. Well, ape shit is the best way of wording it about why John didn't pet ghost in this one scene. <laughs> I have never seen I have never seen more people upset yeah. about someone not petting a dog than That's ever hilarious. on the internet. I mean, it's just as bad as uh, why didn't Leia hug Chewbacca sort of thing, I guess. But right. I did <laughs> kind see, of, I did get to see the uh, Starbucks cameo from Game of oh, Thrones. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's really funny. I think I think it's really funny that it's being so. I guess it's reported that it was Amelia Clark's Starbucks. Okay. But, and you know what? I'm willing to bet this. And this is how something like this gets missed. First off, I, I've heard that it's Amelia Clark's Starbucks cup that got in the episode of Game of Thrones. However, I've heard reports that it's actually Sophie Turner's fault that it's in the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the truth mm-hmm. is there. But what I do know is the way something like this happens is you do a take of the scene and the director needs you to do another take. And you forget, and between takes, you had a drink of your coffee or something like that, and you set it down, and no one caught it. Yeah. Then what happens is they get to the editing room, and someone in the editing bay probably saw it after the fact, but they're like, God, that was the best take. We have to use that take. Mm -hmm. And then somehow it got passed over from the, um, passed over from all the, like, executive producers and stuff that have to view everything, the thousands of eyes that have to see it before it actually makes it to the screen. Unfortunately, somehow it got missed. And it's tiny. It's tiny (laughs) on the screen. Right. I just hope that that Starbucks cup wasn't thrown away because somebody could make a lot of money with that thing. That's all I know. (laughs) Right. 
Right. Well, we went off on a tangent. Let's jump back to the announcements. So, Marvel, oh, right, Disney. Yeah, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got the Star Wars movies coming. Marvel movie announcement. Here we go. Um, so Marvel Endgame is out. Spider-Man comes out in July. Marvel has, this is what I think is interesting, <laughs> they said they're not going to announce the next slate until after Spider-Man comes out. So we don't know the order of the movies. Yeah. But we do know... There will be two movies released in 2020. Cool. Sounds, <laughs> sounds consistent. 2021, there will be three Marvel films released. Well, because they got X-Men now, so... And in 2022, three Marvel films released. That says to me, you have five movies... One, two, uh, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Eight Marvel films technically in pre-production. Right. So I did some more digging when I heard this announcement. Here are movies that we know are in development. Okay, cool. Okay. Black Widow. Right. The Eternals. Okay. Black Panther 2. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Not yet confirmed, but we all know it's going to happen. Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. Because of the dollar, because of the box office dollar, we know we're getting a second Captain Marvel. I think that's safe to make a guess on, but there's no confirmation. And then a movie that I don't that I am not familiar with is Shang-Chi. Okay, yeah. My, uh, in Discord, my friends were talking about this because they're like, yeah, we don't really know where Marvel's going after Endgame, and they were joking about Disney being like, yeah, we don't know either, but here's Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, those are movies that we know about, and then, um, yeah, they have X-Men, but that brings us to the fact that New Mutants, X-Men New Mutants, the last of the, I guess, Fox-franchised X-Men films before Disney 100% is we have X-Men. Yeah. Um, New Mutants is getting pushed back again. Yeah, that's what it I It was heard, supposed yeah. to come out in, what, September of this year? It's getting pushed back to April of 2020? Like, crazy. Okay, I hope that's not one of the movies that's counted in the two for 2020. But, yeah. Um, I, did, I thought that was an interesting... Um, Stat, yeah. just because of these are what we know is in development. We don't know the order of things. I had also read that there's supposed to be a movie titled New Avengers. Okay, that's I like point. that. Um, I but that was I read that a long time ago, and I don't know how rumor that was. Yeah. So again, today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers. So mm-hmm. sorry if that ruins something. For somebody. The, the one thing I can say is I do like that. So Shang Chi's coming out, and I have no neither of us really know anything about that right. character at all, but. What I, I do like that because that's like mixing it up. That's picking an off-the-wall character that n- nobody knows. And the other movies that are in pre-production right now sound a little too like safe to me. You know, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Black Panther 2, like all these movies that are kind of guaranteed to make a lot of money at the box office. But now that Endgame has happened, like I just really want Marvel to shake it up and hit us with like some fresh characters and maybe some stuff that's just really unexpected. There's a know? there's a really really cool fan poster I saw that um, was titled. And uh, now, guys, this is where we're gonna start getting some spoiler stuff because it's gonna be hard to talk without <laughs> spoiling Endgame. But here's what I'll say to that: maybe I shouldn't have to give you a spoiler warning because, as far as the Russo brothers, the directors of Endgame, are <laughs> concerned, the spoiler ban has been lifted. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie, well, again, you didn't care. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a strong per- believer in the perpetual spoiler ban for just everything. Sure, just don't spoil stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I will agree to that, but we can't 
talk about it. If oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a podcast. It's right. different. Um, so what was I saying? Sorry, I'm. Uh, oh, you, Mar- Marvel movies. Um, you, I totally lost my train of thought. I was talking about mixing it up with new Marvel titles. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I saw, I saw a poster of. It was a fan-made poster titled "The New Avengers," and okay. it was pictures of all the characters that are still technically there yeah. at the end of Endgame. So it was like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and uh, Falcon with the cap shield. And, you know, like the, it was Spider-Man. That's like, cool. It was a really cool, and I'm like, I knew it was a fan-made poster, but I'm like, this is quality. I would totally watch this movie. Nice, yeah. So, um, so let's go from this chat and roll into we're going to work our way towards Endgame stuff because we need to talk about Endgame's box office stats. Okay. And I pulled some really cool stuff to chat about here. Um, I did some digging because they're going so cr- like what's uh, the box office records fastest movie to a billion dollars fastest movie to two billion dollars like two point two billion dollars at this point for Endgame. It's climbing the charts, s- destroying records. Okay. So I figured I would look at this. So of all time. Box office um, movies. This comes from Box Office Mojo. Uh, basically, they are the central hub of all the box office statistics. So, if you want to look at any of this yeah, stuff, that's I, where lo- you I go. love Box Office Mojo. So, I decided to pull this stuff up, and I thought it'd be really interesting to look at. So, I know this is a top five podcast, but I'm going to read top tens here. <laughs> okay, so you guys can understand like what's on the lists in terms of what we're up against for Endgame. So, the number one. Now, by the time this episode drops, there's a good chance Endgame could have become the number one Thing box ever. office. <laughs> it could be, by the time this episode drops, there's a real good chance because they're only five. They are one technically, if even if you make five hundred million dollars a weekend, they're one weekend away of being the box office champ of all time. One weekend away. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And they've only been out for two weeks. Yeah. You know, at the time of this recording. I which love is, that it's like... Which is May 8th, by the way. I love that it's recording. called Endgame, too, because it's just like the title has this ominous, like, no other movie dare oppose us for box office champ. Like, there, there is that. There is that. But at the same time, and I'm going to be very honest, is I've never liked the title Endgame. Okay. I've never liked it. And I just think because... Okay. I'm going to get to these box office numbers in a second, but the reason I've never liked the title Endgame is think about the title Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're a comic book reader, when they announced the title The Winter Soldier, you got excited and you're like, oh my god, they're doing Winter Soldier. And you're excited. Yeah. If you don't read comic books, when you look at the title Captain America Winter Soldier, you think to yourself, what does that mean? That's true. And there's a there's a thought of like, what does that mean? And then you get to have a speculation and talk to your friends and like, does anyone know what is this? And maybe you look it up and read about it. Maybe you don't because you don't want the movie spoiled. Either way, it's a mystery of a title. We know the Infinity Stones are the heavy part of Infinity War and Endgame, but even having the title Infinity War, there's still a mystery into what exactly does that mean. Yeah, no, I didn't. Endgame like that. was so on the nose. This is the end. Endgame. Here we go. <laughs> the only thing I think we're we're talking about. Sorry, we're oh. talking about the end of the Skywalker saga for Star Wars, and the movie's titled "The Rise of Skywalker," and we're going to spend the next six months discussing what that means. Yeah, 
No, I totally agree you with know. you. And I think the only thing that Endgame as a title has going for it is its catchiness. Like, it just rolls off your tongue. It's easy to be like, oh, I want to go see Endgame, as as opposed to, I want to go cap- see Captain America, the Winter, Winter Soldier, the other day, you know? Um, <laughs> right, right. And the same thing for just, like, the hashtag of just, like, Endgame. Like, it's short, sweet, to the point. Right. So, I do agree with to you, the, though. To your point about short and sweet, short and sweet, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. However... Um, anyway, so back to the box office dollars. So worldwide, all-time box office goes to Avatar at $2.7 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means um, that means Avengers is at $2.2 billion at the number two slot. It has overtaken Titanic. Avengers is now number two. So that puts Avatar at number one, Avengers Endgame at number two. Number three on the list is Titanic. Okay. Number four on the list is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Number five is Avengers Infinity War. Number six goes to Jurassic World. Number seven is Marvel The Avengers, the first Avengers Mm -hmm. film. Number eight is Fast and the Furious 7. Number nine is Avengers Age of Ultron. And number ten is Black Panther. That's crazy. All-time box office. There are Marvel. Well, right. This list goes pretty far, but... It does, like, this list goes to, it's like, what, the top 100, maybe? Well, I remember... Uh, yeah, top 100. Now, you want to know what, you know, want to know what number one is in the top 100? It, and, or Avatar, right? You just said... Uh, sorry, number 100 in the oh, top 100. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I definitely want to know. Uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, interesting. Nice. Um, that's funny, just because we were talking about it. So, um, yeah, so that's worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk domestic. Okay. Okay. Domestic means, so for you guys who don't know how this works, domestic means um, this is only U.S. sales. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is just the United States. This doesn't count any other countries. Take. I want you to take a wild guess. What do you think the number one box office champ domestically is? Star Wars The Force Awakens. Star Wars The Force Awakens is number one. Nice. Number two is Avatar. Number three is Black Panther. Number four is Avengers Infinity War. Number five is Titanic, then Jurassic World, number six. Number seven is Avengers Endgame. Number eight is Marvel's The Avengers. Number nine is Star Wars The Last Jedi. And number 10 is Incredibles 2. That's crazy. That's, yeah, Incredibles 2 catches me off guard. And every time I hear Jurassic World, it always catches me off guard. I don't know why, but it just seems like, I don't know. George Lucas... Years ago, with the help of, I don't remember who it is, I'd have to look up the name, the the, uh, the co-author of the book, wrote a book called Blockbusting, or The Art of Blockbusting. Okay. Because the, the term blockbuster is a word used for movies that was not coined until 1975 when Jaws came out. Jaws is considered the very first blockbuster in that term of what... A blockbuster. Right. And I never thought about this, but that means that people lined up around the whole block to see the movie, I'm assuming. I guess so. Okay. That's probably I never, I never thought that's about probably that before, what that but... means, and now I want to go look that up, and yeah. I will do that at a later time so we can <laughs> chat about it. Maybe I'll go I kinda wanna read that book to be we'll honest. We'll report on the origin of it in twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. <laughs> I kinda wanna I kinda wanna read that book anyway. But they said that the only true way to look at um the box office champ, like who really is the champ, is you have to take all the ticket sales 
from the entirety of film history, so going back like way into the teens and the 20s, of the 1920s, 1910s yeah, yeah. or whatever, and increase... Because seeing movies back then didn't cost what it does today. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, you probably could have gone in for like 50 cents at a movie theater. Or less. Like, or, uh, or that's less. where like the term Nickelodeon came from when you would pay a nickel to go see like a wild variety of different shorts and a right, full exactly. feature and stuff like so, that. So, you know, you pay really, really small prices to go to the movies where today you're paying, what, $10, $15, depending on what format you're going in. So, if you were to take... Um, hang on one second. <laughs> so, if you were to take... Um, <laughs> The movie, uh, the box office gross for all movies from the entirety of film history and adjust them for the inflation of what ticket prices cost today, that's where you get your top ten list of yeah. adjusted and with adjusted for inflation. Because it's most tickets sold. It's, so, I mean, it comes down to yeah. most tickets sold. So take a wild guess. What do you, I, I knew the answer to this, but take a wild guess as to what you think the number one box office champ is of all time adjusted for inflation. I, I already know it, actually. What is it? Uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Gone with the Wind from 1939 is the number one box office champ. This is where it's going to get crazy. So the number two adjusted for, this is adjusted for inflation list. I'll read the top 10. So Gone with the Wind is number one. The original Star Wars from 1977 is number two. Followed by The Sound of Music. Number four is E.T. Number five is Titanic. Number six is The Ten Commandments. Number seven is Jaws. Number eight is Dr. Zhivago. Number nine is The Exorcist. And number 10 is Snow Endgame. White and the Seven Dwarfs. No. <laughs> yeah. Number 10 is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, nice. That's, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Snow right. White. Now, and then you're going to say, well, where's Avatar? Now, number 11 is Star Wars The Force Awakens. This is where I think this is interesting. So, adjusted for inflation, Star Wars, the original Star Wars is number two. Star Wars The Force Awakens is number 11. It's also the number one domestically. Yeah. Okay? But, if I scroll down to say, well, hold on a second, where does Avatar fit in? Avatar... Is number 15 on the adjusted for inflation chart. And as of right now, because Avengers Endgame is gonna is only in theaters a couple weeks, they have a they have some more time in their run. Currently, they sit at uh, 36. Wow. And the reason I say that this is the best site to look at is because yesterday when I was looking up this information, they were at 39. Oh, why? So it well, is I mean wild is what I meant it to is, say. It yeah. is adjusted very quickly that's crazy um but i that's that's absolutely insane and avengers infinity war is 35 mm -hmm. so they're right next to each other but um i just thought i thought it'd be really cool to look at these lists and it's amazing that like what the top 10 adjusted yeah. for really are nice i i do like uh avatar is an interesting one because i remember when it came out there was such a push of like you got to see avatar imax 3d like i have a friend who actually even told me that seeing Avatar and IMAX 3D is a religious experience, as he put it. Like, people were all about... And that's, like, that drives ticket sales up. Like, that's 15 bucks for a movie as opposed to 8 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. Well, it's um, it's funny that you say Avatar is a religious experience because... Disney, oh, I, I did, those are not my words. <laughs> no, I know. It's funny that he says that yeah. because Avatar's... Their, their sequels are getting pushed back. 
They have Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 that are supposed to be coming out, and they're all getting pushed back so Disney can focus on Star Wars, yeah. and then Avatar can come out later. I'm also curious if it it also depends on how long it's going to take to make those films, judging by the first Look, one, too. The first know? movie came out 10 years ago. We've been waiting 10 years to see a sequel. Yeah. I understand Avatar is a, pro- a profitable franchise. I liked the movie a lot, don't get me wrong, but no one is going to AvatarCon. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, we're going to Star Wars Celebration, we're going to Comic-Con to see Marvel stuff, like, no one's going to AvatarCon. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I did think of, like, a total D-bag move that, like, a competing studio could do to try to dethrone Avatar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so get this, you have, like, some big, really, like, visually spectacular film you're putting out, and you're trying to compete with Avatar for that top slot on the box office records. Here's what you do. You only release the movie in IMAX 3D. So they're like, so like Warner Brothers like, okay, the next Batman film is only in IMAX 3D, <laughs> and that'll drive your ticket sales well, up. Well, yeah, because the only way to see it is that exactly. way. The problem with that is is that, you know, those people who get motion sick, so they'd have to do at least IMAX, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's places in the country where there's no, like, IMAX theater anywhere nearby, too. Right, so. right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that'd be good for <laughs> box office dollars. Um, I have a friend who is telling me that he gambles on box office all the time. Like oh. they, they place bets on box office. I'm actually in a bet right now. How are you? Okay, so this is a really stupid bet, but it's sure. funny. So I was talking to a friend online about whether or not uh, Detective Pikachu, because we all know Pokemon is such a big franchise. I'm personally not much of a fan of it, but people go crazy for uh, Pokemon. And we were talking about, is there a possibility that Detective Pikachu could beat Endgame at the box office? Now, it's a very slim chance... But I would say it's possible. Anyways, the conversation ended up leading into us betting each other. And uh, I'm currently in a bet with my friend that Detective Pikachu will outgross Endgame. And the not, bet is... Not total or just... Because eventually think, Endgame is going to burn out its I, steam. Yeah. Because some other movie is going to come out and we're going to go, oh, everyone's got to see I know. that. <laughs> I, I think we were doing opening weekend, which I think makes it way worse for me. <laughs> but the bet is actually over a single beer. So oh. if I lose, I have to give him a beer. That's, that's not all. that's not bad. Um, I really don't think Pokemon is going to make a billion dollars in one weekend. Sorry. Right on. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I mean, you can't under, underestimate these Nintendo fanboys. You, though, you can't. And you can't underestimate the Pokemon crowd. The amount of people still playing Pokemon Go and all that stuff. And I, I hear you. But yeah. I, I, I got to <laughs> side on Avengers with this one. Right. There was a tweet I saw that someone said, it. the tweet read, bummer to Star Wars fans that Avengers Endgame is most likely going to become the number one movie of all time. And I responded to that, I retweeted it with my response saying, this is not a bummer, we all want Avatar dethroned. <laughs> and, and, the, <laughs> and the Avengers are the team to do it, go Endgame. That's hilarious, um. yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, I still, like, I'm always going to stand by, like, I don't care how much, how popular something is, like, that doesn't affect my love for the franchise. No. So, like, if, like, if Marvel has the top spot for a bit, that's fine. Like, we all still love Star Wars, so. Right. Um, well, hey, let's, uh, how about this? We're going to do a really weird segue into review slash list. Yeah. So let's move into the slit list slash review for the night. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ryan, top five list plus review for Endgame. Um, roll the thing. Endgame. 
for the top five. Okay, Peter, you finally saw Endgame. Yes. We um we skipped the watching and reading category at the top because I knew that no matter what we anything I figured you watched Game of Thrones and I watched a couple things, yeah. but at the end of the day we just want to talk Endgame. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, I've seen the movie twice. You've just seen it once, right? Yes. Okay, so we're going to do our top five Endgame moments, but I think let's talk about the movie first yeah. before we get at all to our Endgame moments, or I might not even talk about my things until we get to the Endgame moments. Yeah. So I might save those completely to the end. But We, we also, yeah, I think you, I don't know if you've said it, You, I think you did, and I just didn't hear, but uh, it's definitely spoiler heavy from the rest of the podcast on. Like, Yeah, yeah, guys, this is, if you haven't, like I said, if you haven't seen Endgame at this point... Uh, you should pause and go see Endgame because, <laughs> um, and then come back and finish our show uh, mm-hmm. because we're going to talk very heavy Endgame stuff. So you were not here when I did my post credits thing um, last week, so you didn't hear what I had to say. So overall, um, I loved this movie. Yeah. Absolutely, from top to bottom, I loved this movie. Um, go ahead, thoughts, and then we'll just go Kind of, I don't know, we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, usually well, I did want to comment really quick because I thought this was kind of <laughs> funny. Um, so I, like, I have a kid now, a, a newborn baby, yeah, you actually, have a fun which is making this, it, so. yeah, which is making it, was making it hard for me to actually find time to get to the theater to see the movie. And uh, we actually had a babysitter set up and we were going with a uh, group of friends to see this movie, right? And uh, the guy who planned this movie excursion, a couple days before, we were, we were actually supposed to see it this past Friday, and a couple days before, he said, oh, I couldn't wait, so I pirated it, so uh, let's do something else. <laughs> and it's like, and that's cool, and we went out to eat, and it was fun, but in the back of my head, I'm like, damn, I kind of just really wanted to see like, Endgame. Wow, you know? <laughs> you're a jerk. <laughs> well, it was a small group, and it's whatever, I would still. If it was me... No offense to any of my friends, but if that happened to me, I would have gone, I'm going to see Endgame. <laughs> right. I would have completely like blown off my friends and gone and seen Endgame <laughs> and, and, because and, the one guy ruined yeah. it for everybody. And maybe I should have done that, but uh, I kind of just had this mindset like, okay, well, I told Andy I would watch the movie by this week, and so I was like... You know, I'll try to fit it in somewhere else. And then it came down to the last minute, and I actually had to go to a pretty late showing last night to squeeze it in. So Endgame's super fresh in my head, but it'll be interesting because I haven't had these sort of, like, chats with coworkers and okay. stuff that you've and, probably and you haven't had. had processing time. Exactly. So okay. this is off the top of my head, like, it's still a bit of a jumble inside That's of me. That's cool. So. Um, well, I loved the film overall. I assume you liked it. Oh, I was very impressed by this movie. I've uh, mentioned on the podcast, I wasn't as big of a fan of Infinity War as I feel like everybody else is, and this movie kind of really redeemed that. No, I I still don't like Infinity War that that greatly, but I thought this this movie was awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Top to bottom. I mean, there's like little nitpicky things, but this is like, this is a great movie. Like this... It was awesome. It hit, like, all the right emotional beats. It had great action. Like, it was shot really well. Like, I can't say enough good yeah, things the, about this you can't, movie, you know? You can't say enough praise about the film. Yeah. You really can't. And I've been talking about this movie heavily enough with coworkers and stuff that it's just... We keep coming back to the fact that Endgame was yeah. awesome. And one of my favorite parts, too, is that this movie, because of... Uh, I might be jumping the gun saying this, but because of the time travel aspects of it, um, it really tied in all the other Marvel movies in like a really intricate way. Like it tied in everything, and it really gave you the feeling that 
these 20 some movies that you've been watching over all these years have been worth it. Like it's all been worth it for this one moment. And that was great because me and I know a couple of my other friends have kind of gotten to the point where we're like, is it worth it? Do we have to see everyone? And I thought it was awesome. And you're you're sitting there going, yes, you need to see everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, The thing that, all right, so first off, I think that's really funny. So we'll talk time travel real quick. Uh, I love that they, so they made a lot of jokes about Back to the Future time travel in the movie at the same time that the movie was all the stuff from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> yeah. They basically yeah. were like, what's the best time travel movie that's going to be like what we have to do? Oh, it's Back to the Future 2. So we're going to do Back to the Future 2 the Marvel way. Yeah. And then we're going to make jokes <laughs> about way. Back to the Future throughout the movie. Nice. Um, but what I like about time travel is they kind of threw, they kind of made jokes about other time travel movies. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, Bruce Banner is like, where'd you get that from? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Terminator, hot tub, time yeah. machine. They're listing off all these time travel stuff. But this movie set a rule for, um, time travel. So in the cohesive Marvel universe, you have time travel these are the rules for the Marvel film universe, the MCU, and we're going to follow our own rules. Yeah. So when you're dealing with time travel, in my opinion, because I love time travel stuff, this that's very important to me that, one, you have a, a device to get you to do the time travel that is explainable and I can understand it. Okay. Okay. And two, the rules that you create for your time travel, you follow those rules. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't stretch the truth. Don't, like, you created a truth. Don't adjust as you yeah, go. Don't retcon later on. Yeah. Like, just be consistent. Follow the follow the rules you put forth for yourself. So I love that they did that. Yeah. And if you, like, I mean, for example, like, you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like, super goofy movie, but they set up rules for time travel, and the movie adheres to those rules throughout right. the whole thing. So even though it's super goofy, like, they're still staying true to all the right. rules they set up. And yeah. that's... Now, because this movie touches on all these other aspects of the Marvel MCU, yeah. this movie cannot really be watched by itself. Which, you know, like if someone were to say, hey, what do I need to know going into this movie because I haven't watched the previous 22 films, <laughs> as much as I want them to rake in more money for their box office, I kind of want to be like, you really shouldn't see that yet. Yeah. You know, like, I could kind of tell you what happened in Infinity War and hope that you figure the rest out on your own, but, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's some, that's one criticism I have for the movie is because a lot of times I want movies to be able to stand on their own. Yeah. I feel like you should be able to watch a movie by itself with no predis- predestined knowledge or whatever. And here we are in a situation where you can't unless you have seen I mean, that's true, but it's also, like, I'm just thinking, like, it's a comic book film. And how many times have you jumped on an ongoing serialized comic book because you're like, hey, I like that writer. I like that artist. Almost every comic book you read does that. And and then you have to fill yourself in on Wikipedia or, you know, whatever. It's a very good point. mm -hmm. I just think that because we're discussing movies, the medium's a little bit different. And I know that might be not the best way of saying it, and it kind of no. makes me put my foot in my mouth a little bit, but... No, I think I think you're right. And it's, like, uh, interesting, like, I've been looking online, and a lot of the people have been talking about what are the absolute minimum 
lists that you have to watch before Endgame comes out? Like, what are the what's the smallest mom- number of Marvel movies that you can watch so you understand Endgame? And I think that's like an interesting topic. Like, can you skip most of Phase One? You, you know, can, like you can definitely skip Hulk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Any MCU watch through, I feel like you can almost always skip Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you could probably skip Iron Man too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mean we had to put together. No, yeah, we like don't have. We don't have to put but, that yeah. together. Um, but I just think it's an interesting topic that's like kind of just arisen out of this thing. And sure, I don't know, it's right. Sure. Okay. Well. Um, are there any like key moments that like, yeah, key moments, like we're going to do a top five. Um, <laughs> but let's, there's something, uh, that came up, uh, uh, Bryn, friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, her and I were chatting, uh, back and forth via text uh, a couple days ago and she asked me why I think the shield cap gave his shield to Falcon as opposed to Bucky at the end of the movie. Now I kind of gave mm-hmm. her a very heavy handed comic book answer. Like, it was a lengthy answer. She never actually responded, so I don't know what she had. Like, she asked me the question. I responded. It was, like, almost like a... I almost typed the novel and the text and sent it to her, and then she never actually said anything back, so I don't know what she had to say about it. Um, so I'll give you basic the a Reader's Digest version of what I sent her. So on a comic book level, because I found direct quotes from the Russo brothers okay. about that moment... But I wanted to give you my answer just because I was thinking in my head. So on a comic book level, as in I read I read comic books, post-Civil War, Captain America is assassinated. And Bucky picks up the shield and becomes Cap. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. In true comic book fashion, you don't stay dead for long. So Captain America comes back. Bucky gives him back the shield. Captain America is Captain America. Then Bucky becomes the White Wolf. And then later when Captain America dies, or is about to die or whatever, he gives the shield to Falcon, and Falcon becomes... Yeah, and I knew about that. Captain America. So, current comic books, Falcon is Captain America. Can can I give the TLDR uh, reason? Sure. Because it's cool if Captain America can fly. Uh, that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's, That's cool, too. But my thinking was is that one, you want your movies to somehow reflect what the kids can go to the store and buy. So when you take your kid to see the movie and he goes, ooh, I want more comic books or I want to read about this stuff, you take it to the comic book store, there's Captain America as is represented on screen. Yeah. And you want it to go back and forth. That's why, for example, in Justice League, Cyborg is in the Justice League because they changed that in the comic books. So when they made the Justice League movie, they had to make sure Cyborg was on that team. That's all I'm thinking. It's whatever's currently going on in comics. That's how it's got to be. Yeah. So in this instance, at the end of Black Panther, they call Bucky White Wolf. Okay. I, didn't, I usually didn't notice yeah, that. But, Shirari yeah, Shirari calls him the White Wolf. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, th- so, that sounds familiar. So yeah. when I saw the scene at the end of Endgame when he gives Falcon the shield, I was like, oh, that's because Bucky's the White Wolf now. That's why he got it regardless of me wanting to go to Bucky or the other one. Yeah. But it also, honestly, if you see that scene, I think Bucky already had conversations with Cap about that. Okay. If you watch, like, facial expressions in that scene, I think Cap and Bucky had been talking about how when he gets to go back in time, like, an off-screen conversation, when I take the stones back, I'm not coming back. 
because when they saw him sitting on the bank to the river or the lake or wherever they were, Bucky's like, you go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Almost like Bucky already said his goodbye to Cat. Okay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've already talked to him. This is already, you go, you go say hi. I like that, but I also like because of uh, Bucky's origin story, like that he already knew exactly what happened, exactly what Cap did, because maybe it's like what he would have done himself if he could have done and it, you know, and I like that's, that. That's a, good way, that's a good way of wording it, so maybe. But this is, um, so I found this uh, interview, it was during an evening with Joe Russo, which was a live Q&A hosted by comicbook.com, mm-hmm. um, and they asked about the giving the shield to Falcon as opposed to Bucky. So I thought I'd read this. It's, um, I just want to comment, like, I knew that in the comics uh, the Falcon becomes Captain America eventually. And so, like, when I saw this in the movie, I didn't question it at all. So it's funny that, like, this has been such a conversation. And like, Well, it's been a conversation because I was... Because after Civil War, honestly, I thought when Civil War came out, I thought they were going to kill Steve Rogers. Yeah. Because originally, I think everybody thought that like we all, Bucky I think, was going to take up the mantle. I thought you know? they were going to kill Steve Rogers, and Bucky was going to be Captain America. And then in Infinity War, someone was going to use some stone to bring Captain America back. Yeah, and then we'd get Captain, and we'd get Steve Rogers, Captain America for two movies. That's what I thought was going to happen originally. I also think it's funny. Pleasantly, because, I'm surprised <laughs> because I wasn't able to see the movie yet. Like it's been almost two weeks. I've been purposely avoiding the internet and spoilers, and I like that this is a discussion that's probably been going on for a week and a half and when i saw the movie i was like oh it makes sense falcon becomes captain yeah. <laughs> right anyways go on with the russo brothers so quote, the russo though. brothers he says uh this is from joe russo he says cap and bucky are brothers but you know what's interesting about them is they're very different people and i think that bucky always has the ability to have his mind corrupted it can always be taken over by someone else that hasn't been resolved for him, and Sam has his free will. And I think that Sam also had a similar ethic as Cap as far as service goes in the military. Sam still retains that spirit of service to the community, and he lives in the circle very clearly in those in the movies. Comic- I can see that just totally. Right. Like, that's absolutely accurate. Right. So. And he continued, comic books and movies are very different in our, in our interpretation of the characters. If you've been following the movies are very different from what the books are. Mm-hmm. So as we stand in these films, Bucky is still a damaged character who I think feels like he doesn't want the shield. And I think that ultimately, Sam is the character with free will who is closest in the in morality to what Cap was, and Cap believes he deserves it. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome answer in general. Yeah. But I um, mean, I, I could be wrong because like, I forgot little details from the Marvel movies here and there, but... Falcon's introduction was when uh, him and uh, Captain America were both running around the... Uh, it's in the mall in Washington, D.C., like that. Yeah, the on your time. left. Yeah, like, that That was his inter- introduction. Yeah. And, like, from the beginning, you can see that sort of work ethic in Falcon that's the same level as Captain's. Now, like, yeah. Captain America's, you know... In physically enhanced where uh, the Falcon is. Yeah, and then think about... Initially, you can see how he has the drive to be worthy of taking that shield on. You know, right, eventually. and then think about, um, think about uh, again, in Winter Soldier, when uh, Captain America and Black Widow show up at uh, Falcon's apartment after, you know, they're like, we have to hide now. Yeah. We have to go into hiding, so they show up at Falcon's apartment. He's like, sorry to bug you. And then Cap and Black Widow are getting ready to leave... And Falcon's like, I'll help you out. And mm-hmm. Cap's like, what are you talking about? He's like, Captain America needs my help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
far as Falcon was concerned, Cap needs my help. I'm yeah. there. And so. I mean, I mean, if, if you think of all the movies, like when none of the other Avengers were around, Falcon was there to keep Ant-Man out of Avengers <laughs> HQ. So I mean, <laughs> right, right. That's a good point. Um, you brought up Ant-Man. So how about this? This was a this was a big movie for Ant-Man. No, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, big movie, but. I want to know why. When do we get to see the movie about the rat? Because he's the ultimate hero of Ant-Man. <laughs> right. The rat yeah. that the rat that turned on the machine to bring Ant-Man back. Yeah. Because if that didn't happen, the rest of the movie doesn't happen. So that rat is the it's ultimate hero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think we need a movie about now, the rat. Let's but... put it this way, though, because it doesn't matter when Ant-Man comes back, they could still do the same plot of the movie. Right, but they, so, but they wouldn't have known about the quantum realm. No, but I'm just saying whether it was like five years later or if it was 20 years later that the rat, oh, sure, sure. you know, get, yeah. brought him back. Yeah. yeah, and they're all geriatric and, you know, not <laughs> able to fight Thanos properly. Well, not necessarily. Um, I don't know. That's what the new Avengers are right. for. I think, I think it was really bold for them to kill Thanos in the beginning of the movie. Oh, that was awesome. Not only that, but because here's the thing. This is a movie that the Russo brothers have said no one would have predicted, no one had predicted the ending. No one had predicted anything properly mm-hmm. until they saw it. And the Russo brothers yeah. were really happy with that. But they kill Thanos, the big bad, at the beginning of the movie. And honestly, I was like, wow, where's this going? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I wasn't shocked in the sense that I was when I saw Last Jedi as to where this is going. But where is this going? Definitely yeah. went through my head. It definitely caught me really off guard. But then so. you're like, wow, we we saw and we saw Thanos die, and they know that the audience hates Thanos so much that they're gonna let you watch him die twice, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to see him. You know, we get to see him go again. <laughs> uh, it's like when a one-hit wonder band plays their big hit at the beginning and the end right. of their set. <laughs> um, what do you think of Thor? I thought okay, so Thor has like. I can preface this saying, and I know this is going to make people groan who are out there, but Thor Ragnarok wasn't my favorite Thor movie. I think some of the jokes in it are a little too corny for my taste. With that being said, though, Thor has slowly grown to be one of my favorite Marvel characters, like, over all these movies. And this movie is the same. Like, I pretty much loved everything they did with him. I thought he was left in this spot that was really relatable to me and I think is a real... It's really a real-world reaction to what Thor has gone through since Infinity War and how he reacted to that. That's, like, totally believable. Like, I was honestly on board with it the whole time. And, like, yeah, he's, like, let himself go in certain senses, but he's still (laughs) the god of thunder. Like, he's still still super powerful. Yeah. Um, What did you think? I, so, I think, first off, I loved it. Yeah. But I think that it was all Chris Hemsworth's idea. Really? I don't have any confirmation on that. I didn't go digging around. I just think that because... um, So, if you go back into the archives of Kevin Smith's podcasting, he made a comment about how the only way to make Thor interesting is to deconstruct the character, take away the hammer, take away the hair, like all this stuff. And when they did Thor Ragnarok, I guess Chris Hemsworth basically said, hey, I was listening to this podcast and Kevin Smith (laughs) said that this is the only way to make my character interesting. So they made Thor interesting with Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Basically, they took away the hammer, they took away the haircut, they made him funny, they like 
you know, I, it might not be your favorite movie, but... No, and I actually agree with all that. Like, I loved all right. that. Like, the movie... What I don't like about Thor Ragnarok is specifically the he- brand of humor used ad nauseum throughout the whole okay, movie is sure. not my cup of tea. Everything else about the movie I loved. I think okay. it's a great story, awesome visuals. Like, it's great. Sure. It's just the jokes, like, are so grating on me <laughs> right. when I try to watch it, so. Yeah, and when people told me that that was the funniest movie they'd ever seen, I remember wa- <laughs> I remember walking out of the theater going, there was a great movie, but it's not the funniest <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and that didn't, that wasn't a good review because I went in with negative opinions to the movie. Okay. And I'm like, people shouldn't say stuff like that because that's, it's so, not that their opinions are right or wrong, but it's like when you tell someone that they walk into movies, I almost feel like if you give me your opinion of a movie before I see it, yeah, my expectations are destroyed and that's what ruined the first (laughs) Avengers for me. Um, walk in like, so this guy thinks this is the funniest movie ever. I'll show him. <laughs> right. you already going in with a negative attitude. Yeah. Um, no, I think what happened was Chris Hemsworth said, Thor Ragnarok was awesome. We deconstructed the character. Time to go and deconstruct him even more. And because of all the like, you know, you hear about women like, oh, Thor's the hot one and all that stuff. And there's a lot of jokes going on around the Avengers in terms of Thor being the hot one. Yeah. So he goes, how about I not be the hot one for a change? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, let's let's appeal to another demographic and be really funny. Yeah. Um, Can I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but one of the things like, because you talked about in Ragnarok, they did strip down Thor's character where he doesn't have the hair he doesn't have the hammer and it's still like one of the things I didn't like about Infinity War is that he had to get that axe to fight Thanos because that's like the whole point of Ragnarok is like you don't need a hammer like the powers within you and then I I hated that they like made like a third of the next movie he had to get a replacement for the hammer and like sure I'm sorry, but that's just like that's one of the things in he should he, War he shouldn't have really he should have been able to just go after yeah Sam exactly without, yeah without the hammer and that's like where I don't know if like in Infinity War did they not know what to do with some, a couple of the characters so they sent him on that quest or did they want to sell another toy so they needed to get a replacement there for could his be there or? could be the issue that and because they talk in Infinity War about how there's he wouldn't have been able to like if we're gonna take on Thanos. I already know how powerful this guy is, and because of the stones, I might not be enough. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's because when he's at the when he's at the place where they built Stormbreaker, I believe that's all in dialogue. And I haven't watched Infinity War in a while. Yeah. But I believe that's in dialogue. Like I'm going to need this weapon, so they have to forge. Yeah. Stormbreaker. It's just, and I get that there could be like I think it was in dialogue, and there was a reason for it. But to me, it was like. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, I was like, okay, this is like, this is a new Thor. This is like a Thor that the studio is looking forward to the next thing. Like this guy has his powers work a different way. He's got a different look. Like it was awesome. And then right away in the next movie, it's like, we're taking a step backwards and giving you a weapon you're more dependent on. And it's just like, to me, like from like a story structure sense, I really didn't like it, I guess. No, I hear you. And so, like, and I don't want to be negative, like, on our podcast, but that's just no, it's like all good. where I was left with from yeah. that. You know? um, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, like I said, I really loved Endgame. And, like, I do admit, like, it does look awesome when, like, Thor's carrying Stormbreaker as well as Mjolnir. And, like, it's cool, but it's just, right. yeah, like... Well, that's that's the comic book art splash page <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of Hulk? 
Okay, so um, because I've heard I've heard some criticisms about Hulk. Really? Oh yeah. I I like and, and I I half agree with the criticism. So go ahead. I I honestly really liked uh, how the Hulk was portrayed. I thought it made sense. I thought it was a cool new direction to go. Uh, I have small nitpicky things like I don't know how I feel about the Hulk needing glasses at all, but that's like I said, like a small nitpick thing, you right. know. Like if all of his muscles are super strong, why wouldn't his eye muscles be too? So I oh, sure. need glasses. Um, I do think the movie in a lot of ways missed a lot of opportunities with the Hulk, and I don't know, if, but I don't want to interrupt you. No, nope. no, 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 it's okay. Because um, I was just gonna piggyback on that. I've been waiting for Smart Hulk okay. for a while. Okay. Um, not that the previous Hulk stuff they've done wasn't good, because I loved Hulk in the first Avengers film. I loved Hulk in the second Avengers film. I loved Hulk in Thor Ragnarok. But at yeah. the same time, I know that eventually he gets to use Banner's intellect with the Hulk's strength. Yeah. So I'm like, are they ever going to go here? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very happy to see that, and I thought it was great. And I loved the bit where he was, you know... Where they're like, hey, go smash something. And he's like, oh, that just seems stupid. And he's like faking. He's like rawr and like yeah. punches no, that the was, car. That was you know, that yeah. was really funny. Um, but the missed opportunity is that they didn't, Hulk didn't get one last fight. Exact. That's like the big thing. Is that's like, the big thing for We all for wanted me. to see a Hulk Thanos because because th- because yeah. Thanos beat the crap out of him. Where was the Hulk Thanos? Exactly. Rematch? You know, because he said, he's like, I'm now... Um, I've embraced the Hulk. The Hulk is now a part of me. I, yeah. you know, now I can, you know, I can control him differently. Like, oh, you can? Sweet. Let's see that in action for real. Yeah. And then I also like just you talking about this, like smart Hulk and kind of his different attributes. It makes me think of like, yeah, he's smart and strong, but they never really showed him use both at the same time. Like, they showed him use his intellect throughout the movie a lot, and they showed him use his strength at the end, but I'm thinking, like, give the guy, like, a puzzle to solve, but make it something that uses strength, too. So, like, have the Hulk use his intellect to take out, like, Thanos's ship's, like, thermal reactor or whatever right. it is, but he has to be super strong to, like, pull those, like, cords apart. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. find some more creative ways to use the character. And I know they have... So you want to make Hulk Batman? I, I mean, why not? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, if you no. can be Batman, always be Batman. No, yeah. I just, like, I know there's a finite amount of time they had in the movie to use him. Right. I just think they could have done more with his character. I think so, know? too. I, it just To me, it was just one last fight scene with the Hulk. Yeah. That but was the big thing. I also don't know if, like, the Hulk's character has also, like, had the least resolved story out of the original Avengers by the end and so I don't know if, is Mark Ruffalo still in the MCU or what's going on from what that, I you know? from what I understand all the actors who didn't die mm-hmm. per se and I say that in quotes quotation marks here because um, you know when you think about we have a Black Widow movie coming how does that work now because of what happened to Black Widow in the film uh, because we have you know Chris Helmsworth is officially done with his contract yeah um, but he said he'll play Thor Anytime they want him to play Thor. Um, Chris Evans, even though what happened to him, even though he's old man cap now, they basically, he said that he would definitely come back to do cameo appearances. Yeah. Um, you know, all the Avengers have basically said that they'll keep, it. they'll be around if Marvel needs them, which is awesome. That's awesome, yeah. So I don't really know 
You know, mm-hmm. Hulk could just be a cameo from here on out. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? We could get to a, like, there could be some, whatever the next crisis is yeah. for Marvel, they could, you know. It'd be um, cool to see uh, the Hulk and Spider-Man team up on something in a now, future movie. this I is, think. I don't want to go into a trailer review, but did you see the Spider-Man trailer? No, I haven't seen it yet. So okay. I was told not to until yes, after I saw very it. Very much so. There's <laughs> actually, when they released it, there's a bit at the beginning where Tom Holland says, if you haven't seen Endgame, do not watch this. Okay. Um, so we can talk Spider-Man trailer next week. That's, it's um, so crazy, the world we live in, that it's like you can't oh watch a trailer without... No yeah. kidding. You can't watch a trailer <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie. Um, but this is like every comic book dream possibly on screen. Um, let's talk about Black Widow real quick, and then let's talk our lists. Okay. Uh, just so we don't run too long. Um, Black Widow... I cried a lot during the movie. Yeah. Um, and I talked about that in my little post-show thing I did last week. Um, there were many points in the movie I teared up. This, the Black Widow sequence, devastated me. I mean, devastated me. This is, she was one of my favorite Avengers straight through from Iron Man 2 all the way on to Endgame, and then I then this happens. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw the movie, I was incredibly saddened and really upset about that situation. Okay, when they landed on Boromir, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, I knew it was her. Okay. When it was just the two of them that got yeah. to Boromir, I knew it was I, her. I didn't, I didn't know at that point, the only, the only reason I knew it was her, and this is the writer in me going, we spent about 20 minutes in yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron watching the Hawkeye show, and then we got the whole sequence with Hawkeye at the beginning of the film <laughs> yeah. and his family, which was so gorgeous. Like, I loved the cold open with Hawkeye and yeah. his family. And then we go to Vormir. Yeah. Now, if Hawkeye is not reuni- reunited <laughs> with his family... That that makes sense, and I, I should have seen it coming. I should have seen it coming, honestly, but I think the movie was doing what it was supposed to do, and I was so sucked into the plot that I just didn't Abs- see it coming. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? But the other thing is that Black Widow needed to do something for her family, and her family was the Avengers. So yeah. the, her sacrifice allows the Avengers to win, so be it. So with that being said, I'm so happy that it happened the way it happened, but I'm devastated. The other problem is is that when I watched the movie the second time, I was angry watching that scene. So I'm going through full stages of grief as I... Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so the next time, whatever, my I'm gonna I'm just gonna full stages of grief as I see the movie over and over. But yeah, um, yeah, it just devastated me. Did you have thoughts on that at all before we talk list? Because that really may upset me. So, um, I mean, as far as uh, I don't know if like personally I ever connected with Black Widow's character enough to get emotional at that point, but I thought it was a really well done scene. I thought it like. Like I said, this hit this movie hit like all the emotional beats at all the right places, and like you said, you it really hit you when uh, she died at that point. I think as the fight was going, I knew one of them was gonna die, and uh, like I said, because the movie was doing what it was supposed to do, I thought it was Hawkeye. I'm like, at in at that time, I was thinking like, well, his family has passed away, like it would make sense if he did, but she's still like actively a part of the Avengers so obviously she's gonna survive is honestly like what I was thinking oh right and so like it was it was kind of a big shock and uh yeah I mean it, it was awesome it was I mean just on a uh, choreo- choreography level like 
how often do you see a movie where both or I mean how often do you see a fight scene where both parties goal is to die to be the one that to die oh and so they're yeah, yeah. fighting each that's, other off of a cliff but that's a very trying, good point. yeah and it was a really creative sort of fight scene that I thought was just really cool so right that makes sense mm-hmm. um I was very prepared for Captain America not Captain America for Iron Man's death but I was I walked into and Infinity War expecting Iron Man to die so I was very yeah. prepared for this um I loved how they handled it the I am Iron Man statement at the end for his last line oh, of dialogue yeah. I mean Phenomenal. But let me ask you this, and then we'll talk a list, because I keep pushing the list back, but I want to know. <laughs> Do you, um, did you know who the kid was at the funeral? Uh, so I heard about this afterwards. Um, okay. That the kid's the, it's the kid from Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3. Okay. Yeah. But I, I actually like that, because that means that that kid is not Peter Parker. And, like, I wasn't that big of a fan of Iron Man 3, so I'm cool with that kid not being Peter Parker. Because oh. you know how that was a big fan theory Oh, for right, like, right, That right. kid's Peter Parker, actually, right. or whatever. Well, I didn't know who it was the first time, and I had to ask someone, like, who was that? <laughs> um, yeah. I felt, I felt kind of dumb when I found out, but at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing that they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk the list. I have no honorable mentions. So these are our top five endgame moments. So... I have no honorable mentions. (laughs) I do have honorable mentions. Can I say one thing that I thought was really funny? So we're talking about the funeral scene, and it pans through, like, all the different, all the different Avengers. Yeah, the most expensive scene to make in the movie. And that, was it? It has to be when you think of Cass Salad. We're going to get, we're going to get the most expensive people in the world at a cabin, and we're going to shoot this one (laughs) shot. Go. the last person they show is... Nick Fury? Exactly. And could you imagine if... This was somebody's first MCU movie. Like, obviously, it's not recommended, but oh. Samuel Jackson has that stigma of he's in every movie. And I'm just imagining if you haven't seen any MCU movies and you see that scene, you're like, he's popping up in everything. <laughs> like, he's seriously in this movie, too. And it's just so funny because it's just like a blank shot and he doesn't even say anything. It's like, well, I guess he had to be there. So, <laughs> I guess you had to have Samuel yeah. Jackson in this movie. I don't know why he's an eye patch. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, onto my list. Um, I have two honorable mentions. Sure. Uh, my first one is actually that first scene with Hawkeye you were talking about. Oh, sure. That cold open. I felt that uh, for a movie like this that's a big like action spectacle movie, having that scene, which was a very heartfelt scene that directly relates to everything going on in the MCU, but I just thought it was a really good way to draw the audience like into the movie and have like Hawkeye, who, like, he's a character that I never felt too strongly towards either, Um, but he, like, from that scene, I was just like, he kind of really grew on me, this movie, and he's, like, one of my favorite movies, and it's like, man, I, you know, I sympathize with that character, I identify with him, I thought that was great. Yeah, no, that, Um, that was a, that was probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie, just because, because... I went into this movie and my stomach was in knots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was literally terrified for everything that was about to happen in the next three hours. Mm-hmm. So, and that scene just really, like, embedded, like, up, oh, this is the ride I'm on. Here we go. Yeah, you know, definitely. So. Um, my next moment is uh, something very weird because it's actually just a pause between scenes. But after they behead, after Thor beheads Thanos... It, the screen cuts to black, and then on the screen it says five years later. And it's literally that moment because first you see five, and you're like, 
okay, five days, five weeks, and then it says years, and you're like, what the heck? Because this is showing, this is a movie where the consequences last for years, this is not a quickly resolved thing, and it's cool, like, you're just like, what are all the characters doing five years later? Like, I thought that was just such a creative segue that, like, we talked about, like, you can't predict the next step of this movie, and that sure, fell in sure, line sure. with that whole theme, so. All right. Well, do you want me to do my first pick, or you? It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, why not? You're on a roll, so <laughs> okay. go ahead and give yeah. your, your first actual pick of the night. Okay, so my first pick is, uh, so I mentioned identifying with Hawkeye a lot, this movie, and uh, that first scene where you see Hawkeye, or Ro- Ronan, Ronan, as they're calling him, uh, basically kicking some Yakuza ass, like, I thought that was really cool, like, that, just that cool action scene in Japan, and, like, I don't know, like... I, it, there's it was, nothing I can say because it was just a badass fight. It was scene, a really you know? cool scene, and I feel really weird for saying this, but it felt very um, Arrow. Okay, I could see that. Like I was like, wow, I feel like yeah. I'm watching the CW Arrow right now. Um, <laughs> but no, that was a it was a really really cool scene. So I hear you there. Um, the other thing that uh, I thought it was funny, like this is kind of my in like this joke I told myself in my mind was that. Hawkeye's like, okay, my family died, so I'm going to go on a merciless, like, spree of revenge on, like, any criminal I can find. But first, I'm going to get a really cool haircut and find a really cool costume. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was kind of funny in my head. All right. Um, So my first actual pick is the elevator scene with Cap in the elevator. Oh, that was great. um, Which, when he walks in the elevator... You automatically think, and I know everyone in the theater thought this, oh my god, we're going to get a rehash of the elevator scene from Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly and what And what does he do? Seen. He leans over and says, it's okay, hail Hydra. Yeah. Which, first off, that's awesome. Like, such a cool callback, not only to the elevator scene, but to the hail Hydra stuff from Winter Soldier. But what's really cool about it, which really uh, gets me, is that... Um, there was a point in the comic books where they, uh, where um, Cap was, yeah, an actual Hydra agent. Mm-hmm. It was like almost like a weird alternate reality thing where Cap was a Hydra agent. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I caught that too because I remember when that was in the comics that really rattled a lot of people's change. Like that really pissed people off that uh, Cap said "Hail Hydra." Oh, I was, comic and... I was angry. I was one of those <laughs> yeah. people that was like. Fuming no. angry at Marvel for this. Yeah, and I don't read a lot of Captain America comics, but I totally get that because it even kind of pissed me off at the time. But uh, yeah, I totally caught that. But that was such a good moment, and it's really something that like shows the intricacy of these movies. Because you, if you didn't see Winter Soldier, you wouldn't know what really went right. on. During if this is your scene, first you know? MCU movie, you don't. That mm-hmm. scene doesn't make as much sense. But. Yeah. Um, all right, so what's your number four? My next pick is a pretty short one because we just talked about the scene, but that uh, Soul Stone fight between Hawkeye oh, okay. and Black Widow, like that was just really creative. It was a really well done fight that also had like that emotional punch at the end too. So really awesome. Hang on one second. I'm adding this to your list so we can keep track of our stuff. Uh, all right, so my number four is the uh, Tony and his dad. Okay, yeah, that was the back in time Tony with his dad, um, getting to getting to see his father in the past, getting to um, have that moment. It was it was it was a beautiful moment. Like I loved it when they went back because when they say 
when he goes, hey, I have an idea where we can get the space stone and get more pin particles. First off, we get to see a really young Michael Douglas. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. But then just Tony getting this like one moment. It's almost like they wrote like, you're leaving. We've had we've done all this stuff with, you know, we've done all this stuff with uh, Howard Stark. We're gonna do this one thing now, like you know. Yeah. So. And it was kind of cool because like after, uh, like I know like throughout the Iron Man movies like his father's death is something that like Tony's had to come to terms with over his life. But then after civil war, like that's like a fresh wound again. And I think that was kind of, that seemed brought a little bit of closure to that too, right. that we haven't right. gotten yet. And you think about the movies. scene, you think about the scene in the captain America one, when Howard Stark gave cap the shield. Yeah. And then you think of the scene in Endgame when Tony Stark gives Cap the shield. Yep. You know what I mean? The yeah. drawing the parallels. And no, that's, just, a, that's a cool one. It was yeah. just a really cool moment with Tony and his dad, so that's why... We didn't match on that, did we? No, we actually okay. didn't, but yeah. I, 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 to not match on certain things, I think it'd be weird with this list, but anyway. We'll um, see, because I'm noticing you're picking a lot of emotional moments, and I think I'm no. picking a lot of fight scenes I always, and stuff. So. I always focus on character beats. Um, one of my... A, a really cool moment. This didn't make the list, but this was a really cool character thing. And this is a praise for Karen Gillan as an actress. Because first off, I think Karen Gillan's fantastic. So Karen, if you're listening, um, <laughs> I uh, uh, I love your work. Um, <laughs> the scene at the beginning when Tony and Nebula were playing football. Right. Paper football yeah. on the Milano. Um, and they're doing the football thing. And Karen Gillan, when he goes, you won. Now she is... Half humanoid alien yeah. thing, half cyborg. And mm. she doesn't understand what just happened. Yeah. So she has this really cool, like, I won. Oh, my God. Like, she has this really cool, like, <laughs> it's the way she moves her body. Like, she doesn't know how to respond to the, I actually won for a change. Yeah. It was such a, it was such an amazing character beat mm -hmm. that, you know, that's kind of like what I focused on. So when I was making my list, there were just yeah. these moments that I'm like, I have to. That's a good point. Like that moment too is like, I didn't really think of it when watching the movie, but I'm going to pay attention to it next time. But I do like that stuff. Like sometimes when you're watching a really well, like a really accomplished actor, it's more impressive to see those sort of like muted character moments yeah. almost than so the over the I'm going to go on, so. uh, I'm going to go on a quick Riverdale tangent and come right back <laughs> because we're talking character moments. Right. In a recent episode, Riverdale, uh, Lily Reinhardt, who plays Betty Cooper on the show, mm -hmm. had a moment like this. She got some very, very upsetting news over the phone, mm -hmm. and you could clear, you could clearly see how upset she was. But this news was also somewhat good. Okay, and she had to go from super upset, and. But she has to stay upset. She has to save face in front of everyone around her. So she has to be upset in this moment. And when mm -hmm. you watch the episode, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say what happened. I'm just saying she got this distressing news, which was also good at the same time. She's super upset. And she cracks the tiniest smile. And then, like, almost like a sigh of relief. And then she goes back to being upset again. Yeah. It was beautiful. And Lily, I know you're listening. So, um, <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Who else is listening? Who yeah. else can we not get yeah, right? this list? So, um, yeah, just character, these, these tiny character moments really get me every time. And that's, a lot of the time, that's what really makes me, like, roll the tear. Mm -hmm. You know, so, go ahead. Well, that's, like, 
uh, going back to my last pick with the Soulstone fight, like that's one I really liked because it was it did have the action, but it also had that emotional impact. You know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, but yeah, going on to my next pick. Um, so this is this not necessarily three. yeah th- not necessarily uh, a somber moment, but just a moment I loved was when they first revealed Thor and he's just hanging oh. out with uh, Korg and Meek and they're playing video games and drinking beer. I just thought that was such a funny, unexpected thing, but it's just like, <laughs> I saw that and like my thoughts like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hang out and drink beer with Thor. Like that's yeah. really cool. You with know? Korg, hey guys, yeah. uh, beer's in the bucket. Feel free to hop mm. on the Wi-Fi. No password, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that was like, I feel like that was a moment that was like emotional in a different way where it's like, yeah, I relate to that and that's funny. So like, that's awesome. So Yeah, we all want to hang out with Korg and you can play Fortnite. So yeah. Um, all right. So my number three is Captain America picking up the hammer. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I go ahead. You seem like you wanna. I want to say I somewhat matched with this, but okay. go on. So the thing about Cap picking up the hammer is it just just goes back to, and I love the, you know, you go back to Avengers: Age of Ultron where they were all taking turns picking up the hammer, ha ha ha, and Cap slightly budges the hammer. Yeah. And you like to think to yourself that Cap could have picked up the hammer. But he didn't because he knows that that's Thor's thing. Yep. Like, it's almost like Cap knew he budged it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he pretended he didn't. But and it's he's also pretended like, over these years that he didn't. Yeah, but it also shows, like, the integrity of his character that, it, like, Cap wouldn't, abs- you know, gloat about it. You know? And in this moment, the hammer gets pulled and you're like, who threw the hammer? How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah. And then you see Cap and you're just like, and then just the audience as well with Thor, all said, I knew it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless this is your first MCU movie <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you don't understand why Cap suddenly I, I do want to ask your question about this scene because this is like one of the few scenes where I was like, I don't know if that would work or not. And I've seen a little bit of debate about this online, okay. but Cap starts it's shooting. It's all wire work. <laughs> Cap starts <laughs> shooting uh, lightning. So Can Cap do that? Or um, because, so if Cap can hold the hammer... He is worthy of the hammer, and per the writing on the hammer and the Norse writing on the hammer, he who can wield the hammer and um will then have the power of Thor. Okay, but in Thor Ragnarok, Odin tells Thor, "The power was always within you. Right. The hammer was only right. to harness the right. power." Right, because Thor is a god. Right. So Thor should have already known that he had the hammer re- power regardless. The hammer, how itself. So the, the gives, hammer does have power. So the, like, the hammer should give whoever <laughs> holds the hammer gets the power of Thor. Right. And I've just seen like differing opinions about right. this. So like you could look at it as like Captain is actually channeling Thor's power. Like the power is still coming from Thor. But you could also look at it as uh, somebody online had this theory that in the first Thor movie, the state that everybody's in there... Odin actually did contain Thor's power within the hammer. And that was kind of to, like, one, like, limit Thor, but also, like, have, like, a kind of... It's kind of like training wheels for Thor. And then once Mjolnir was destroyed in Ragnarok, um, at that point, the power returned back into him. So this is where you got to ask yourself, though. If the hammer gives the wielder the power of Thor, that means that the character Thor is not the same Thor that the power comes from for the hammer. Does right. that make sense? Like, that Thor is... like It's almost like the character Thor was named after the god Thor whose power is in the hammer. 
that like, just gets I like think you that will, gets you, too meta. Like if for you me. if you can hold the if you can wield the weapon, you will be given the power of Thor. Right. So Thor is just named after this god, and he just happens See, to be. See, I don't like I don't like that at all. I that, thought of that back. I thought of that back when Thor: Dark World right. came out. Um, which, speaking of Dark World, the last time you were here for the podcast, yeah, um, you said, "Man, you know, I haven't seen Thor: Dark World in a while. I kind of want to go rewatch yeah. it." And I just giggled inside because you were about to go see Endgame, and they have all that Dark World backstory. Oh yeah, stuff. I, mean, I mean, they had a lot of scenes from Dark World, but it wasn't like confusing necessarily. But the reason why I still want to rewatch Dark World because I remember seeing that movie. And I loved it. Like, I thought it was great. Right. But, like, everybody else I talked to doesn't like the movie. So, and the thing is, it didn't even happen right after the movie. Like, after the movie, everybody's like, yeah, it was pretty good. A couple years later, that's when I re- all the haters came out of the woodwork and are like, right. yeah, Thor the Dark World sucks. And I'm like, what the heck? I didn't think right. it was that so, bad. So, short of, short of Avengers 1 mm-hmm. flashback sequences with the time travel, the guys who wrote Infinity War and Endgame wrote all the caps... And Thor Dark World. So, like, everything they referenced back to yeah. was their own writing. Okay, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was actually yeah. really funny. I mean, it's funny, but then it's also, like, they probably still have their notes on those stories. And, like, oh, yeah, we can yeah. take this out and take right. a look. But Well, what's your number two? Because we're yeah. going a little longer that, than I oh, thought. Well, so. uh, your last pick actually goes into mine, my next. So, it wasn't necessarily just that moment of Captain America grabbing Thor's hammer. But just that full fight scene of Thor, Cap, and Iron Man versus Thanos. That was an awesome moment. It was cool to see them both, them all kind of get their moments fighting him, but them all get like thrown to the ground as yeah. well. Yeah, well, um, in terms of fight scenes, everyone got their moment in this movie. Except for Hulk. Everyone got their moment in this movie. Yeah. People, um, I don't know her, her name, but people were really mad that Denai Guerrero's character didn't get like a big moment in the... Like, well, <laughs> I mean, she had. She was a part of the big women's movement moment in the right, movie. Right, but... But she didn't. Does she need one? Is she a named? Is she a okay. named character that we've been following for Acor- twenty-two According, films? according no. to the internet, yes. Hey, it, John Snow didn't pet his dog. Apparently, like, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see if uh, John Snow hugs Chewbacca on the next I, podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So my next. Um, I wonder if we're gonna match for the final one here. Um, so my next pick was the Hulk has lunch scene. No. <laughs> we didn't match, but that was a really um, good one. No. Th- th- what I loved about this scene, and this is, I know this is weird for me to have in my top five moments. Yeah. But again, I've been waiting for the smart Hulk scene for a while. Yeah. But what I loved about this scene is that this almost felt like actors having lunch in a diner as their actor selves. Okay. And the kids who come over and ask for a picture, this happens to them on a regular basis. This was like the most real scene that ever could happen because they're like, Mr. Hulk, can we have a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, of course. Here, like Ant-Man, take the picture. Hey, say green. I couldn't remember who it was. It was Ant-Man who wanted it. And they're just, they're taking a picture with the one actor and he's like, do you want a picture with me? And the kids are like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Like, and that, but if you've seen, if you've been to a Comic-Con, or you've ever seen a celebrity out in the real world, this is exactly how it happens yeah. because Hulk is like, do you want a picture with him? <laughs> the Hulk's yeah. trying to help him out because he feels bad. It was, it made me laugh so hard, like inside. I wasn't laughing out loud because no one else was laughing. But yeah. it just really made me giggle because no, yeah, how that, 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 was that was amazing. so real world <laughs> scene. So, yeah. Yeah. 
that okay. was my next pick. So nice. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, I love that scene too. I don't. I just don't have a ton to say about it. But <laughs> um, so leading into this is actually not my number one pick. Uh, the Thor Cap and Iron Man one, I would say, is my number one. But this pick is just really awesome for me. Um, was just Thor beheading Thanos. Oh, like that, okay. That was just so unexpected. So is that your that final pick? So, or? Yeah, that's my okay. final pick. Uh, that was so unexpected, but so well done. It just really surprised you. And, like, if you notice, my list has a lot of Hawkeye moments and a lot of uh, Thor moments, and I think those are my two favorite characters in this movie. Like, I think everything those characters did was just awesome. So so my next pick, this is this is one of my favorite moments of the movie Yeah. for multiple reasons. But it's also a point that I criticize the movie for. Interesting. So, and I say, and you're probably like, what is that about? Now, I tried talking to our brother Scott about this, but he was drunk and screaming at me. So I don't <laughs> know. I don't know what, I don't, I, I really don't know if I had like a legit conversation with him or not. Okay. Was, we were playing Xbox and oh, okay. while we were playing Xbox, we were talking about Endgame and right. I brought up this one piece that I felt was a, like it was my one criticism and then he started screaming at me. But he did preface before we started playing that he was drunk. Nice. So, <laughs> um, it was Cinco de Mayo, and he had a few cocktails at lunch, whatever. Um, so, the scene I'm talking about is the Avengers Assemble sequence. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, this is what made the move. This this is what made the moment so beautiful to me. Cap has the hammer. He's beating the crap out of Thanos. Amazing fight scene. Like amazing visuals. Right. Cap gets knocked down. Thanos basically beats him down, big time beats him down. And then what happens? Cap, broken shield, struggles to his feet. And what does he do? He tightens the strap on the shield. Mm-hmm. That rolled a tear. Because this is this is the, the Cap we've been watching for 22 films. I can do this all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah, going down for yeah. a fight. This is I'm winning. I am winning. I'm going to tighten the shield. I don't care it's broken. You're going down. And then that's when you get the on your left moment from Falcon. And we all roll a tear because here come all the Avengers because the snap worked. Everyone's back. Here we are. Yeah. Then Cap gets to say Avengers Assemble. This is my criticism on the scene. So basically the Avengers Assemble moment is the moment I'm talking about. Cap tightening a shield. Amazing, right? My criticism is this. We didn't hear Avengers Assemble for 22 movies. This is the only one he says it in. Hmm. You go back to the original Avengers, never said. The next time Captain America would technically have a chance to say it would be in Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Did he say it? No. What happened is if you watch the movie, he says Avengers, and then they cut credits. Like he's about to say Assemble, and they cut to credits. They never say it. And then there's no other opportunity. He didn't say it in Infinity War, whatever. My thinking, and this is just my opinion, so Scott, per our argument, I just feel that if they would have said it multiple times throughout the franchise, him saying it in this one instance would have made me roll a tear because Captain was down for the count and here are all of his friends to pick him back up and say, we're alongside you, let's go get him. Okay. One last hurrah. I just feel like it would have been way more emotional had he said it sprinkled throughout the other 21 films. I don't know. I actually think Scott, I might Scott, disagree. Scott actually. completely disagrees yeah. because, no, I rolled a tear because he said that. And I know, and I, I get it, but I just feel that this is the one and only time we're getting Captain America to say Avengers Assemble when we should have heard it 
okay. multiple times already. I can see both sides of the argument. I actually think, and I and I think I and, agree that like Scott, the anticipation know, for it held that way. Well, you know? Scott, I know you're listening. I do see your side of the argument. I yeah. just feel for me, it would have had way more of emotional weight if I had already heard it a few times because this is his. That's Captain America's signature line of dialogue mm-hmm. in the comics. I kind of, th- but it's kind of cool. Like they, it's weird they don't say it in any movie, but like. Avengers Assemble, just the phrase, is, like, part of the collective subconscious, you know, of the United States now. And it's, like, crazy because, like, they never said it. And uh, I don't know, like, it's kind of cool that, like, they never said it. But then it still has that emotional weight. Like, that's kind of a way of, like, Marvel has won. Like, Marvel has communicated with our subconsciousness (laughs) and, like, taught everybody who's, whether they're a comic book fan or not, like... This this phrase is important, and here's where it's finally going to pay off. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm more impressed than anything else knowing that it was never said throughout the movies. Right. It's kind of like how. Uh, well, I just remember sitting there in Infinity when Infinity War ends. I'm like, I remember thinking to myself, when are we going to hear him say Avengers Assemble? Because I was mad that he didn't say it <laughs> in in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, and I've been I've been waiting for it for 21 films, and I'm like, why hasn't he said it? Why hasn't he said it? And then. Part of me, the first time watching the movie, was like, "Why is this the first time I'm hearing this?" You <laughs> right. know, and I know I can't yeah. be the only, I cannot be the only fanboy out there going, "Yeah, he's been saying this for so long. Why didn't he ever say it until now?" Mm-hmm. And you can go and prove me wrong if you want, but it is not said in any of the films. And there is an interview that I could probably go dig up, but I know for a fact that the Russo brothers talked about the fact that this is the first time he said it. So I know that I'm right in saying that, but. Um, I just feel like it would have had more weight, at least for me, it would have had more weight. Now, what would you have done if that <laughs> that scene played out the exact same way, and then Captain America, it zoomed in on him, and he said, it's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would want to know why the Fantastic Four didn't walk out of a... <laughs> why didn't the Fantastic Four walk out of the thing, and you had Thing uh, standing right over the <laughs> yeah. Um I will say that um, if you read the comic books, the Infinity Gauntlet, and like the actual Infinity War storyline, the Celestials do get into the battle, right? And at the time that they made Doctor Strange, they didn't have Disney didn't have the rights to Fantastic Four yet because the Fox deal hadn't gone through. Yeah. So I wonder. So when they talked about Dormammu being the destroyer of worlds in Doctor Strange, I thought to myself, oh. They're gonna make yeah, Dormammu. Everybody was thinking that Dormammu yeah. is gonna be the new um, uh, Galactus, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is gonna be awesome." So I was waiting the entire time Endgame was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting yeah. because we saw the Celestials are supposed to get into the fight. Where's the Watcher? Where's Dormammu? Where's like we've seen Celestials? Yeah. Where are they? I was waiting for them to show up in that final battle, and they never did. So mm-hmm. that's not a criticism on the movie. I was just waiting for it because yeah. it happens in the comics. I'm like, the Celestials are going to get in. Oh, my God. Dormammu's going to have to fight Thanos, and <laughs> yeah. Thanos going to kick his butt. That's going to be, you know. Yeah. I was waiting for that. I just thought that would be really cool if it happened. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a slight missed opportunity, but here's the thing. This is a near-perfect film, and I don't say that a lot. I loved this movie top to bottom. So... 
I can't give this movie enough praise. And I hope exactly a- Avatar, we're coming for you. I hope you are dethroned as the worldwide box office champ. Wow. So okay. I really, I really do. I really hope Avengers can I mean, take it's out all Avatar. Just, it's Disney versus Disney. It is Disney point, versus so, Disney. I mean, it is Disney versus Disney. But again, no I, one, no one's going to Avatar Con. I mean, go, yeah, going back to my earlier bet, I kind of hope uh, Detective Pikachu breaks some records just to give some variety to that top five. But yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, how about this? Let's bring this to a close. Next week, it's going to be Peter's pick for the list. We're doing dragons. Yep. Very um, dragonly episode. Very dragonly week. episode. <laughs> yeah. So let's close this out for the night. So um, please visit us at uh, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You will find uh, the link to our email if you want to uh, interact with the show directly. Email us at top5report at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode. And there you can also leave us a review. We love five stars, but we also appreciate criticism because that's how we get better. And it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, it's bo- It's the same for both. Peter, you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be avoiding Shang-Chi spoilers for the next <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's going to be talking about that one. Um, well, with that being said, uh, my name for the Top 5 Report, my name is Drew. Peter. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.